this is Carrie with Fullerton Professional Organizing. Now today I'm going to talk to you about uh, Sarah Satani or Satani and she has a YouTube channel and um, she talks about you know how to let go of clutter. We do tackle that quite a bit on this channel um, because you can't um, organize until you have decluttered at least enough items so that you have room for the stuff that you need to organize. Um, if you run out of space, organizational space, then it can't be organized. You know, if you're putting it in like a jigsaw puzzle, then um, the next time items are used, it's just gonna be a mess again and it's gonna have to come, it, it just makes tidying so much harder. And you know, I have Bible study once a month in my home and I have two days that I use to pick up my home and that's it. And the only reason it takes me two days is because I use one day to do all the dusting and vacuuming, which, it doesn't take a whole day. It's just that I spread it out um, because I know I can. And then the next, uh, the day before, I just spend extra time making sure my inside of my microwave is clean in case they need to warm up coffee. And I put up my clean dishes because I do tend to sometimes wash my dishes and stack them on a um, towel on the side of my sink. And so I need to put up those clean dishes before I have Bible study the next day. And that's really all I wind up doing Sometimes there are things out of place in the living room just because my husband plays computer games there or uh, may eat a snack there, but that's it. Um, we don't use the guest bathroom that often, which is near, near the living room, but I will make sure that the sinks are clean and the toilet is clean and, um, and that's about it. That's all I have to do before I have Bible study because I keep my house uh, in a way that's easy to clean because I don't have a lot of stuff, clutter, or a lot of stuff that doesn't get used other than decor pieces. But I'm going to start with some of the things that Sarah has to say. She says, Uh, do not declutter to just declutter. You know, d don't declutter just to get rid of stuff just because someone said you have to get rid of stuff. You don't have to be a minimalist. Um, do you use it? Will you really need it in the future? Those are the questions that you ask. Do not do too much at once because that can be overwhelming. Finish one area at a time. Do not declutter just like someone else does. Like, like I said, some people may be minimalist. If you don't want to be that minimal, then you let go of what you're comfortable letting go of for your lifestyle. Do what works for you in your lifestyle. Do not become too sentimental. Figure out 
your why. What is your goal for the space? Do not keep the items you have decluttered too long or you may tend to go back through it and pull things out. So you want to try to get rid of things as soon as possible or go ahead and put it in your front seat of your car because if you put it in the trunk, it may stay in there too long as well. Do not keep the items you have declared too long. You may ch wind up changing your mind. Um, these are all excuses that people use to keep them from decluttering. Uh, I will definitely need this in the future is an excuse. In many cases, we think that an item will be more useful in the future than it actually will be. Maybe it goes along with our fantasy selves where we think we'll lose weight or we'll use that treadmill or we're going to start um, making the uh, meal prepping, uh, you know, those are just examples because they popped into my head, but there are some other things um, that you may um, be doing. Maybe it goes along with your fantasy self where we think we'll be more active or have better habits than we do. For example, the process of making these changes tends to be more difficult than we anticipate. Try using those future items now to gain clarity about their true relevance. Start using that treadmill now instead of keeping it in case you use it later. Um, ex another excuse, my items are an investment and will be worth a lot of money in the future. The future is not is that so many of these collectible items are not actually worth as much as we think. They are items that can sell to receive meaningful compensation, but there's two important things to keep in mind. First, will someone buy what you're offering? Even if something is worth a lot of money, if there's not actually a buyer for it, then it's not really worth that much. And secondly, are you willing to go through the selling process? If it doesn't meet a minimum threshold, it might not be worth your time. You have to factor in the process of selling it, the time, the cost of shipping, if you're going to ship it. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a tough one. That goes along with, um, I'm saving this for future generations. Um, there are instances where too much significance is put on items that aren't going to be desired by family members. If someone passes away with a whole lifetime's worth of stuff, it is likely that most of it will be discarded. If you have that conversation with your family members now, you'll be able to find out what, they're actu what they actually want. Remember that even if younger generations of family members don't want some of your stuff, it doesn't mean that your items aren't good or didn't serve you well. Um, you know, a lot, sometimes people think that their kids or their grandkids are going to want to use these items because they belong to their parent. Um, and that's not necessarily so, or they 
buy something at a garage sale thinking one day down the road it's going to be worth so much money I'm going to be rich someday instead of living for today and um, you're living for the future when this item is worth so much money that you become rich or you know something like that um, I think it's better to just live for today And another excuse is, I can't declutter, my memories are in my stuff. Well, we all know that, especially since I talked about this in my last um, podcast, sentimental items that are not the memories. You are going to have the re memories regardless. And if there's a collection keep part of the collection, let go of the rest, take a picture of the items that you're going to let go of so you have those memories, make a scrapbook of all the memories, and then let go as many as you can. Um, and then there's the excuse, I, I'm too busy and it's just not the right time excuses. Saying that you can't declutter anything in a given time can be very limiting. It is time consuming to declutter massive amounts of stuff, but you can build daily decluttering habits into your life. As you use an item, decide if it's still something worth keeping. You don't have to treat decluttering as it's this active phase where you can't do anything else. Don't psych yourself out and assume you can't start just because you can't get rid of everything right now. Something is better than nothing. You can start with one item a day or you can start with 10 to 15 minutes a day decluttering or one full bag a day. Then at the end of the month, you'll have gotten rid of either 30 items or 30 bags of items. It's, you can take it as slow or as fast as you would like, or, you know, whatever you're able to push yourself to do. Everyone else has this, so I would probably keep it too. Uh, just because everybody else has one doesn't mean you need to keep it. Uh, everyone has different needs, so keep the items that align to your values. Um... I would hate to get rid of it only to need it later, so I will just save it in case. Just in case fear is something that holds many of us back when decluttering, as the fear prevents us from taking action. It can be helpful to shift our mindsets and reflect about the worst case scenario. If we declutter something in many cases, the worst thing that could happen could be that you'd have to buy it again or you need to use a different item instead. Yes, uh, Peter Walsh is what changed my mindset on that. He said most of the items that we're getting rid of or decluttering are things that we can pick up again for a real cheap price at Goodwill. And so that really helped me a lot. I was able to get rid of a lot more things when I realized, oh yeah, I can just buy it at Goodwill if I need it again at a very reasonable price. Um, now, Nina, I mean, um, Sarah Satini said that in her decluttering journey, 
She decluttered thousands of items, but there was only one item she had to repurpose, repurchase, and it was a $3 loose leaf tea ball since I received a loose leaf tea set. Uh, she had uh, let go of a tea ball, but then somebody gifted her a tea set, and so she did have to repurchase a tea ball so she could drink the tea that she was given. Um, but other than that, letting go of these items can also help us move past several other clutter side effects, such as the time and energy used to clean, maintain, and repair these items in addition to the space it takes up in our home. Now, I will keep these items so I don't contribute to the landfill. That's a, another excuse people use. I've got to repurpose it. I've got to recycle it because we don't want it in the landfill. It's tough to envision the possessions that we care about or even those we don't all going to the landfill, especially if we try to live more sustainable lives. However, even though it's not a happy thing to think about, most items will become trash, whether it happens during our lifetime or at some point in the future. While there are certainly much better uses for many items, sometimes disposal is inevitable and we shouldn't beat ourselves up for it. Your home is not a storage unit for garbage. Let these items go and work to limit the purchase of designated for the dump items going forward. All right, now I'm gonna do a little review of what I heard her say in her YouTube videos. I've watched a few of her YouTube videos, so everything here is a, a collection. None of it's just from one video. But Sarah reviews the different excuses we make about our clutter and how we can switch up that thinking so we can take action and move forward. Don't do, don't do nothing, doing nothing because you can't do everything do something. Sarah says, we've all been there. You're making home, you're making some progress with decluttering when all of a sudden it comes crashing to a halt because you are not able to move past a certain item. And we make these excuses for ourselves. Wait, don't declutter that yet because etc 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 saying we will need something in the future is often rooted in our fantasy selves someone we wish we were and we have not become yet we tend to perceive our items to be more valuable than they actually are they'll make us rich someday someday our memories are within us. We don't always have to have physical tokens to remember our loved ones. We will value different things, and so what we value will shape what types of things we will hold on to. Younger generations are not valuing a high volume of collections as much as older generations. 
and that's mostly because they had to recycle. When considering keeping something for the future, think about what makes sense in the short-term phase rather than saving everything. When we believe an item is valuable, ask ourselves if someone would purchase it at the price we think it's worth. When struggling to let go of an item that holds memories, you can take a picture of the item or have a decluttering journal. Be aware of marketing strategies that are designed to make us feel like we are need certain items just because everyone else is buying something just because everyone else has it doesn't mean we need it or will use it communicate to your family what you would like to be passed down and find out what items they would like now so they can use them now all right guys that is it um i guess these last two uh, podcasts were about sentimental items and the hard to let go of items and how we can change our mindsets on that. And, um, you know, I grew up with my grandma um, being very uh, conservative. The, the thing I remember the most was, um, and now I'm just telling a few stories that you might be able to relate to but my when I, we spent the night at grandma's when we were kids I we couldn't she wanted us to save water by just barely putting enough water in the bathtub uh, to take a bath and we wanted to fill that bath up because she had those big claw foot tubs you know and um, we wanted to fill that tub up all the way to the top so we felt like we were swimming and um, I, that's a, a, a memory from my grandparents being raised in the depression so everything was precious so everything had to be reused recycled um, and you had to take care of everything you had and then the memory I remember uh, from my mom which I thought was kind of strange was rewashing and washing out the uh, Ziploc bags you know I thought Ziploc bags were used for convenience so washing the Ziploc bags so that they could be reused was um, not something that I felt valued or using a styrofoam plate and washing the styrofoam plates it's like well why not just use a real plate if you're gonna wash it anyway you know so it's funny how gen different generations value different things and have different things that they can't let go of they have to conserve um, my father-in-law still keeps all of his styrofoam cups and all his straws and lids when he goes to a fast food place keeps all the ketchup and salt packets but the problem with that is and we were doing the same thing here keeping all the ketchup packets and the um, salt packets is they would never get used we would save them but they would never get used so if you do save those items do use them maybe put the salt in the salt shakers put the pepper in the pepper shakers 
um, use the ketchup packets first before you grab the, the canister of ketchup. And um, it has nothing to do with sentimental items, but these are additional items that people hold on to and then never use them. And they uh, start filling up bowls on the countertop or uh, space in the refrigerator, uh, and, and they just never get used or reused. Um, if you have that styrofoam cup and you keep using the same styrofoam cup over and over and over, that is an entirely different thing. But if you collect every styrofoam cup from every restaurant that you fast food restaurant, then you wind up with a whole collection of styrofoam cups and a whole collection of plastic cups and glassware in your cabinets that you can't possibly use all of that. So think about what you actually use, love, and display in your home and keep only the things you use, the things that you think are beautiful that can be displayed. Let's not be pack rats. And um, as you can see, I do, I am not a minimalist, but I do enjoy my decor and I do recycle. I do rotate, not recycle. I do rotate my decor and uh, that is entirely okay. Ha you don't have to be a minimalist, but you don't want things that you don't use or that you can't d display as something beautiful to just pile up and collect dust so that it's down in the basement or the garage and never sees the light of day. All right, guys, I hope that this podcast is very helpful to you. I do appreciate you, and I thank you for watching and listening, and I will see you on the next one.